Welcome in, everybody, to the Sports Extra podcast. No, we are not on the third floor conference room. No, we are not on the fourth floor of a lobby. We are actually in our hotel beds because Joseph and I are pretty tired (laughs) after a long, great day of basketball. But unfortunately, it'll be our final day here. Day three of the MVC tournament did not go the way that Sycamore players, coaches, staff, fans, and attendants all were hoping Falling just one point shy of moving on. They fell to the Bradley Braves, a great team and all. They came away with the victory by a final score of 71-70. to 70. I'm Kobe Clark. Of course, Joseph Moore here. Joe, your first initial thoughts after just a great season, but a brutal way to end it. Bittersweet. It is bittersweet, isn't it? You know, it kind of like, you know, whenever, of course, of course I'm a big boy who's going to be making this comparison but you know you know when you eat a really really good dinner but you're just not full all the way you know what oh, I, mean? I do no i get that no no you want more you know what i mean it just feels like okay yeah that was good and all but you know you know i could have had a lot more and i feel like that's the feeling with a lot of the people in the locker room it's just like man you know it's just like we had a fantastic season we had you know our best season and you know in a long time if you're an indiana state sycamores fan or player and this should have – it felt like this was going to be a lot more, but it just came up a little bit short. But literally one point, one play, sure. And, you know, it's just definitely bittersweet. And it's definitely, you know, leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouths of a lot of Sycamores. That's exactly what I was going to say, Joe. Um, they talked about it in the post-game press conference. They had Coach Shirts, Robbie Avila, and a very defeated man known as Cam Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a freshman in Avila. He'll be right back here next year Yeah, uh, fighting with Coach Schertz for a Valley mm-hmm. Championship. But uh, Cam Henry, one player in particular, along with five other seniors that will not be back. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the seniors very quickly. I mean, Cooper Neese, uh, Corvazier McCulley, Cam Henry, Cade McKnight, Calix Stevens, and Trent Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunate for everything, but you just know that the Sycamores – and everyone involved on this squad, there is something more that they had to prove, and they want it bad. They yeah. needed this one. They couldn't come away with it, but they shouldn't hang their heads on a stellar season. Yeah, I mean, like, this was a fantastic season. It was a really, really special season for pretty much everybody in Terre Haute, everybody who, you know, from Sycamore's alums to Sycamore's present. I think this was just a season that Indiana State kind of needed to, you know, kind of propel our own, you know, uh, people just say like, hey, this is this should be a fantastic special basketball school. And, you know, that's, you know, coaches, some somebody that we can start building that around. Yeah. And I think what he's done with the program, turning it all the way around uh, into a direction that I feel is a very, very modern direction. It's a very, very uh, sustainable direction where we can actually start doing uh, some things that are more typical of modern basketball in terms of recruiting, in terms of play style, in terms of a lot of things. And I think going forward, this is a fantastic blueprint and fantastic standard to have to being able to compete at the highest levels in this league. I mean, who wouldn't want to play for a guy like Coach Schertz? He just yeah. he asks so much of you, of course, but he's going to help you get and attain every goal that you want to do. I mean, just not even on the old season, but just the last three days while we've been here in downtown St. Louis – Think of the amount of records that the Sycamores have yeah. broken, 
how many doors they've opened on the mm-hmm. year. I mean, we've seen Cooper and East. He's been exciting all season long. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, he has just been one guy that his sixth year, his final year, finally a moving on pass and hit playing in the semifinals. Um, what do you think Cooper Nice exactly is going through right now? Because we saw the emotions of Cam Henry and all the other seniors, but Cooper, I mean, this is kind of his team for the longest amount of time. Yeah, I mean, he's been through it all. He's been through two coaches. He's been through, you know, a pandemic. He's been through a lot with the uh, in, in the blue and white. And what he's been through and what he's meant to this program has been so exceptional. Yes, it and is. And I'm sure he's going through it, you know what I mean? Um, I'm sure he has, you know, some plans and a new – you know, chapter to open up after this game. I agree. Uh, so it's not like, you know, the end of the story for Cooper. Nees, oh, no, it's still, far from it. But still, you know, of course, it's, you know, it's a little upsetting. Again, I think he really does like Indiana State. I uh, love it. In fact, again, pretty much hometown kid. Yeah. Uh, just going to the D1 school, uh, local D1 school, and then just hooping his butt off. So he's probably going through it, but still, I, I don't think uh he should be too disappointed by the production and the you know what he put on court for this squad throughout the years that he's been here I mean let's talk about the very ending of this one first off we'll go to the <laughs> halftime ISU they were up at half or they were trailing by one at halftime mm-hmm. and you had to think man this is the first time ISU's trailed all weekend long yeah. in the Valley Tournament uh only by one of course but man coming out of the locker room it did not go their way and there's a lot of yeah. conversations. They didn't come out until like the three minute mark mm-hmm. of the halftime period before it was time to begin that second half. So definitely had to do a lot of adjustments there and a lot of conversations along with it. Word. But just going down to those fi- last couple of minutes, it looked like Bradley had it all done. They had a nice about six, seven point lead on them uh, with five minutes remaining. But, you know, we see Indiana State come down, build the momentum, make some crazy shots, uh, do a great job on the defensive end forcing a lot of stops, going the other way. And an insane, just Corvazier McCulley, top of the key three-pointer. I mean, what a play. That put them up by one. Even though it didn't get the job done, Corvazier McCulley, without a doubt, his first year in Indiana State, he'll be remembered for a lot of good things. I mean, yeah. Um, I really... I didn't think that was the end of it because, you know, I saw the amount of time left. But I definitely didn't think that shot was going to go down. Um, I mean, like, we just hadn't been shooting threes to that point. And the way that the game was kind of swinging, obviously it was swinging in Indiana uh, State's uh, direction because we pretty much overcame an 11-point deficit to that point during the second half, which we'll get into a little bit more later. But still, like, you know, up to that point, you know, I didn't think it was going to go down. Our offense has been stagnant. To be fair, both the offenses have been stagnant. But still, like, you know, our offense was just not really getting going. But we haven't seen any real shots from him since, like, maybe early in the second. He uh, started like out that. with the first five. He made the first three-pointer of the game. Yeah. Then he went down and knocked in a layup. Mm-hmm. And he had nine in the first half. And then all of a sudden, he didn't take that many opportunities with a lot of shot selections in the second half, only finishing with 14. Exactly. So, like, to that point, I'm just like, okay. Uh, I feel like because he just takes so many contested threes, it's just like, uh, I, I just feel like this is another, like, three from him that's just going to be low percentage. And to be fair, 
it was a low percentage shot, but hey, you know, it, the good part of the percentage there uh, for us, and it went down and stuff. And again, I just love his confidence. He thinks that every shot that he sh- uh, shoots up is going to go in, and you know, uh, that's the type of confidence you need in the final seconds of the game. And he hit that shot, and I'm, I'm I was extremely excited. I was, you know, as long as everybody else in the ISU uh, rooting for ISU in that stadium, and you know, it was it was a thing. It was a thing for sure. Let's talk about the Bradley Braves just for a little bit because oh, yeah. these guys, without a doubt, they're tough. They travel well. They have probably some of the most passionate fans in not just the Valley, but of all in the college country. College yeah. basketball, Bradley fans travel well with them, and they show it out game days, even on game. When they don't even have games, they probably out there doing some crazy stuff. Um, but when you look at the final stat sheet, shout out to Jay Sean Henry, first off. This man off the bench, he played 28 minutes. Just an outstanding yeah. man. He can that shoot athlete. the ball. He can drive in with the best of them. I think he had a total of three dunks when it was all said and done. I honestly felt like a billion. <laughs> it it <laughs> did. It definitely hurt a little bit. But, man, yeah. he is an exciting player and someone that Bradley should be happy to be on their bench for all these games remaining. Exactly. I mean, like, he's – like the ultimate spark blood. You know who he reminds me of, especially in college? Who? He reminds me of an Obi Toppin type of player. That's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, you know, just really, really good athlete, really, really good energy guy who's going to just be cutting down and just pick up off loose balls. You know, I was going to say – so. no, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's it. That's pretty much – No, but uh, I was going to say um, Gerald Green. Gerald Green's a – yeah, Gerald Green's a definitely a really good pick. Just, you know, just a dunker that just can come off your bench and sometimes even slip into the starting lineup and, you know, certain lineups and just be a real, real big difference maker and make sure that your team has, like, that offensive spark. And, you know, what he, you know, did was just kind of take advantage of his own athleticism and just, you know – punished ISU just uh, again and again and again. And there were so many times where it was just like, oh, you know, we stopped one big man. We stopped Matt, you know, ring mass. We stopped uh, uh, Leon and, you know, one of those guys and stuff. And he just comes out of nowhere with the rebound or, you know, uh, they just dump it off to him and then he's just on a cut and then it's just dunking. It's just like, oh, my gosh, what can we do? Uh, but shout out to him. He played fantastic game. Fantastic. And that was the next thing I was going to actually bring up. You beat me to the punch. Rink Mass, who had 30 against the Panthers of Northern Iowa just yesterday, he got held in check. He had only two points. And, of course, you just know what that last shot was coming in the last three minutes of the contest. They held him to two. Malavi Leons, he was held to eight points. So, I mean, if you were to say you held two of your best scorers to a total of ten, that would get the job done. That's what Coach Schertz was asked. But unfortunately, it wasn't good enough as not just only Jay Sean Henry was coming in. Darius Hanna off the bench as well. He played a very valuable 11 minutes, ending with 10 points. And then starting point guard, shout out to this man, underrated in my opinion, Connor Hickman, 16 points. Mm-hmm. He can just dribble in. He's not scared. I mean, this man... He's not the biggest body, but he'll drive in, and he's going to create contact. Yeah, and he just – I don't know why 
I, it's probably mainly because of looks. I'm not going to lie to you. But, like, he just reminds me of just, like, an average, like, backyard Indiana player. Like, just he's just going to drive in. He's not going to do nothing too flashy, but he's going to make some tough layups, <laughs> dang it. And, like, that's what he did. He just made so many layups over just, you know, two or three dudes, just arm stretched. I know based on his height, he just could not see the rim at all. But he just said, you know, it's somewhere up there. You know, I've done this a thousand times and just, you know, threw it up and then it just kept on going in and he's really really fast on his feet very very quick uh really really uh good communicator uh of the you know of on defense and on offense he talks a lot um but yeah just he just killed us in that sense what about uh duke dean he was in a he little was nice. bit of foul trouble but um he came in and he only ended with seven points, but I mean, those are valuable minutes for a guy and a leader like him. I his really, stature. yeah, I really wish he wasn't in foul trouble, mainly because he would have been in the game a little bit more. And I don't think that his offensive production would have kept up or been as consistent as Hickman's. And so, like, some of the touches go would go from Hickman to him. But I feel like you know, whenever he was on the court, like after that little burst that he had in the first half. He was just kind of contained entirely by Cameron Henry. And, you know, still, uh, it just didn't really shake out that way. But, you know, that was a defense that Indiana State was playing, which was crazy because they were so keyed in on, obviously, Rink Mass, obviously, Leon. And those two guys just took so much attention away from the guards. And it was, again, like I said it during the broadcast, there's, that happened a lot in terms of, you know, the Belmont game as well. I mean, Indiana State would always try to key in on their bigger dudes because they had a somewhat similar big man disadvantage and, you know, height and athleticism disadvantage in the Belmont game with some of their guys, particularly Tyson. And all of the attention just went to him, and then the guard just kind of did what they wanted. And then we have a person like, I believe it was Gillespie or Davidson who averaged like seven points, ended up with dang near 20. So, you know, it, it's just a the defense that Indiana State just runs with whenever he has bigger guys. And to be fair, they kind of have to just because they just don't have that type of, you know, uh, you know, athletic, you know, big guy personnel. And, you know, Joe, looking at the biggest thing from the statue, we mentioned it all game. But, you know, the consistent starting five and then the other man in there off the bench was Cade McKnight. Avila played 27 minutes. Julian Larry, 36 minutes. Nice, 37. Cam Henry, 37. Vaz, 35, McKnight, 22, and there was no help from their bench. I don't know if that was just a decision on Coach Church's end, if he just wanted to roll out with these, you know, consistent six guys or not, but mm-hmm. the biggest box score difference off the bench scoring from Bradley to Indiana State, 30-6. to six. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't play. <laughs> like, I, I don't really know how I, to. I don't know why. And, you know, you got to really consider the fact oh. that Bledson was dominant on the yeah. defensive end yesterday. Yeah. He didn't get a lot of run. Trenton Gibson, he only played three minutes as well. He actually played a little bit more than Bledson That's just by crazy barely. Me. Yeah, yeah, that he didn't even get any minutes like that. Um, I just, my one speculation is that he didn't feel like his guys were really that tired. And he... You know, because he said, like, the, you know, margin of error pretty much is, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the margin of error for games like this against opponents like Bradley is, you know, paper thin. So, you know, whenever you have a bench guy, you know, Xavier Blessing, he came out and shot two threes. One was an okay shot, you know, from him. You know, he's made that shot a, a couple of times this 
throughout the season, so I wasn't mad at it. But one was like from Steph Range, dang near at the logo, and he hesitated on it in the middle, yeah. of, in the middle of the shot. So you know, so like I think he probably was like, ah, you know, I don't know if these guys really understand or have like the, you know, the. Not the talent, but, like, you know, they just don't understand the moment that this is in and the type of game that this is in. So let's sit these guys down and then just go with some, you know, veterans and stuff. And, you know, just went with the guys that, you know, start a lot of the games. Indiana State just, again, the lineups, I feel like especially because I just keep on pointing to in the middle of that second half when we were down by 11 – I feel like Indiana State should have just went with a different lineup or just ran with the lineup that we normally run and then just live and die by it. Would your ideal lineup be the starting five just to roll yes, it out? Yes, just roll it out. Like, if you're just going to run the starters, run the starters that have been running together for the last, you know, month, two months, three months. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like at that point with, you know, I get it, like, Cade Knight, a really, really solid defensive big man however he's just not going to be able to like keep up on the offensive side of the ball and you know i don't know just newsflash we're not going to keep up with india with bradley defensively we, we just don't have the personnel i, I get it came nice good don't get me wrong yes but still we just not going to be able to like match him pay like okay now we can play this slow pace of offense and then just clamp up on defense that's just not something that we do and that's you know and this is a group that hasn't ran together uh Barely, if at all, this entire season. So for me, I would like to see Caving Knight. Maybe I, I'll I'll say like that lineup. It was good in certain moments. It was. It was definitely good in certain moments. It's not a closing lineup by any means. Not a closing lineup. It's definitely not a you know run all the time lineup. But it's good in certain moments. <coughs> say if we just are getting killed on the boards and stuff. Yeah. Which it was. It was kind of like that sometimes. Even with K. Knight on the uh, on the floor. But still, if we were just getting killed, then okay, we run that lineup for a couple of minutes and then try to you know figure it out and then play chess from there. But still, I think that if we just would have ran with the lineup. Force Bradley to, you know, have Leon on the perimeter pretty much, you know, guarding, you know, whoever at the four and then just, you know, tire him out. So where he isn't as, you know, uh, you know, ha- doesn't have that initiative defensively as much or that much impact just on the perimeter. I just don't I think that would just be a much better way to run things out. You know what I mean? I just feel like, you know, we just kind of played outside of ourselves for too long. Um, even though I do like the idea, don't get me wrong. The game plan was actually pretty good. It's just like, even, I think he, even he pretty much admitted during the press conference that he ran that too long. He should have just switched it off of that. Give credit to Bradley's defense, Joe, because Crazy. these guys, without a doubt, at one point, the biggest margin of turnover differential, Indiana state was forced turnovers at nine where they only forced Bradley two, and that's yeah. a big difference. And then, you know, with everything else going on, they just held a lot of players in check. Cooper Nice only had 11. Obula got his with 16. That's around his average, a little bit more than his average. Cam Henry, we'd hope to see a little bit more from him. Uh, we just expected to see a lot more from this uh, from the squad today. And we get it. It was Bradley, the number one seed in the MVC. Number one defense taking on that number one offense. And it just goes to show, defense wins championships. I mean, yeah. I would take that away, but... At the same time, I just, again, maybe I just play too much NBA 2K. But, like, <laughs> I just want to see just, like, the straight-up lineup, starters versus starters. I get yeah, that. Let's run it. You know what I mean? Whoever wins, wins. Whoever don't, don't. Let's just like, let's just get it. You know what I mean? Let's just get after it. And, I, you know, obviously that's not the 
that's where the coach is. You know what I mean? So I'm not bad yeah, at yeah. Coach Skirts for Skirts for like doing that, but still I do think that was, you know, the best call to play, especially once Indiana State was, you know, starting to, you know, build that deficit for Bradley. Um, but still again, uh that's that's one thing, you know, I think the lineups, that's probably the thing that Coach uh Schertz is gonna be, you know, picking at himself about for the time being and stuff. And I'm sure some of the players, you know, kicking themselves a little bit because like, man, I could should say something or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, I think the other reason that Indiana State really did struggle today is just kind of the in- inconsistent whistle. Um, that's something that, that – That's a big topic of discussion. Exactly. And, I mean, like, some of them were horrendously bad. Some of them were pretty understandable. And some were, I was confused when there was no call. And, you know, and I say that because I don't normally sit here and be like, oh, you know, the ref should have did this, ref should have did that. Because, you know, ultimately – you can't if you're the players, you know, what is there to say? Like you can't really you know what I mean, you can't really control the whistle. But, you know, I just feel like if you know, if you gonna call, you know, that type of play or call this this way, let's do it consistently throughout the game. Let's right. you know, let's have a consistent whistle for both sides. You know, if they if you're just, you know, in the philosophy of just letting them play, just let them play then. You know, very you know, very rarely call your whistle unless it's something egregious. Or if you're just being like, Okay, I'm gonna be uptight about the rules and everything and like, you know, because that's just gonna affect the play so much. Um you know, let's be uptight about the rules. True. You know, more or less fairly to both sides and then just keep it p- playing. But it just felt like there were stretches where just like let it play, you know what I mean, where people are hitting the floor, going after it, you know, knocking into <laughs> each other. And then the other side is like, you know, you just, you know, uh, breathe on the dude too hard and then, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, technical foul. <sighs> you know, it's just it's crazy. I would say there was definitely a lot of missed calls there. Um, mm-hmm. But also some calls that deserve to be there. Exactly. And that last call, Julian Larry, it was a foul. It was a foul. It, it was, was a loose ball foul. Um, just an unlucky bounce off the rim. Yeah, I, just I'm, awful I'm glad Coach bounce. said that. Yeah, I'm glad Coach said that. You know, like, man, like, if it would have just been a little bit more flat, then we would have been good. But, you know, it just hit that the just the right ankle. Just tear to It happens to the luck. best of us. So, uh, we're going to come back to talk about Indiana State and the end season and what we're looking forward towards the future for the Sycamore program. Uh, congratulations to Bradley moving on to the championship game. It'll be Indiana, or excuse me, oh wow. Yep, I wish it was. I wish it was. Uh, I'm just rubbing salt in the wound now. It will be Bradley taking on Drake, the top two seeds, as Drake defeated the number three seed here tonight, game two of semifinal day in the Valley Conference Tournament. Drake 65, Southern Illinois 52. Um, the final score re- reading that way. Uh, Roman Penn, one player that played pretty well against ISU early on this mm-hmm. season. He had 32, and he's a leading score in the loss. Yeah, he's a Hoover Hoover. Uh, 16 points. Tucker DeFries just had 27 yesterday. He had 12 in this one. Very well balanced scoring. Sturts had 12. Brody with 10. So not one particular Bulldog really pushing the way to end this one. But then when you go to Southern Illinois, the leading scorer was Jones, who had 18, playing almost the entire game. And that's really all your offense was because the next guy was Rupert with nine. I mean, (laughs) Southern Illinois just did not bring it a whole lot, whereas Drake, a lot of players showed up, and that's why Drake is known as one of the better, you know, teams in the conference for consistent years on end. See, here's what I'm going to say, right? And this thought always gets me going because there were so many times in my personal, like, high school career where this happened. If the score between the Bradley and Bradley and Drake is over, 
let's just say seven point different differential. I'm gonna say that the championship game was played tonight <laughs> in the Enterprise Center against Indiana State versus Bradley. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm saying. I get that. I get it. You know, I understand. I understand. Hats off to, you know, Drake. They have a hell of a squad there. But I'm just saying, you know, if, you know, word for word, pound for pound, I do think that Indiana State probably will end up giving Bradley, say, if they were to win, um, the biggest challenge in the the Missouri Valley Conference just because Indiana State is just that nice. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow between Bradley and Drake? Personally... I've come to grown to the conclusion, uh, hashtag anybody but Drake, or excuse me, anybody but Bradley. Yeah, because give me Drake. I think Drake can do it. I don't think Bradley really has a whole lot that can really match Drake because they just have a lot more scoring. Sure, mm-hmm. the bench helps out, but Indiana State today proved that your one of your leading scores in mass didn't show up. Leon's mm-hmm. only had eight, and the whole. Offensive effect was Hickman, but Rowan Penn's going to clamp him up. Yeah. And Jay Sean Henry off the bench, there's just too many guys. I mean, you have the number one defense, and you're about to take on the number one guy in the Missouri Valley Conference. He was named the MVC Player of the Year, Tucker DeFreeze. Yeah. So, I like Drake's odds here Yeah, to win. I mean, like, for me, it feels like Drake has nearly everything that Indiana State had. They're very, very similar in my mind. Because it feels like Drake has not, yeah, yeah, Drake has, like, you know, a leading scorer. They have, you know, really a lot, a lot of offensive talent just all around. That's what the Sycamores were really known for. Exactly. They had everything on lock. Exactly. And they just couldn't get it done. Yeah, exactly, especially in terms of offense. So it's just like, okay, Tucker doesn't have a fantastic game. Then, you know, you're looking at a Roman pin. You're looking at, you know, a couple of guys down the roster that can, you know, still replace that offensive production pretty easily. And so, but they have that plus something that Indiana State didn't have. They have the athletes to go with it. So, I think that, you know, I like Drake's Drake's odds here. Um, It depends um, how, you know, Bradley reacts um, accordingly uh, to, you know, regular season and everything. But, you know, if I was betting men, I would definitely put Drake in my mind. But that just might be the, you know, butthurt (laughs) Indiana State fan as I am. I get that, man. No, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. Uh, if Bradley were to defeat Drake tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, this team is just up and down the roster. They're so talented. But I like to assume that Drake can come out with a win. If I had to put a final score on it, I think it'd be a low-scoring one just like this. But I'd say Drake will come out on top, and I'm going to say they win by four. I would rock with 75-71 to 71, Drake. I think that's a good line. I like that line. I think yeah. that's a good, pretty, uh, pretty good draw right there. Yeah, I'm um, going with that, yeah. And you know, you can't get much better than Bradley and Drake. I mean, that's really what uh, everyone expected. Uh, even though there's a lot of hiccups throughout the whole road here, uh, a lot of great basketball over the weekend. Sadly, Joe, this is our last day here. We will be leaving in the morning. We'll not be staying for the MVC championship game in person. But hey, I know it's on CBS, so I'm definitely about to catch that one tomorrow. Yeah, it should that be one a, really, a really good one. Should be a really, really good one. And I'm excited to see what the NIT and the you know NCAA is going to cook up, especially in terms of the Missouri Valley Conference, because like you said during the broadcast a lo- couple of times. I feel like the Missouri Valley Conference really, really does have a lot of hitters this year. And, you know, a couple of, you know, even like, even a team like Belmont, I feel like, you know what I mean? They have the talent to, you know, make some noise and, you know, really have a case. So it just feels like we have a whole lot of hitters here. And I think 
that uh, I'm interested to see like who ends up going to some of the big dances. I don't know what the NCAA and the uh, MVC regulations and rules are for NIT. Yeah, uh, I would love to see if that's a possibility at all. Exactly. If Indiana State can't continue the season, because I believe really, it is. I believe it is because. Uh, Coach Skirts was uh, talking about it, and he was saying, like, yeah, you know, hopefully we're not done here because, you know, I think we have a really, really good bid for NIT. Um, so I think it's possible. I, be- I believe it is. I believe it is. He might just be wishful thinking. I don't know. Wishful thinking. Uh, hopefully, if it's close, we can be able to travel with the team and be able to follow that up. Um, so it's not the last one here, not their last rodeo together. But Indiana State, just an unfortunate turn of events. Uh, Bradley and Drake. I think, really, if this one just goes to show, if anything, Indiana State is a top three team in the Valley this year, even though the seeding gave them a five. Bradley and Drake, they split with Drake this year. They lost twice to Bradley, so, of course, you're going to have to give that one to Bradley. Bradley defeated Drake just about a week ago. So that's perfect domino effect, if you ask me. I agree. I definitely agree. I think they were a top three team in this in this conference. <sighs> I mean, just quick one more shout-out to every senior involved. Thank you for all the great memories, great calls that me and the sports team have been able to provide all of you, the fans, here on Z90.7 all season long. Uh, Men's basketball, definitely one to be excited for next year. They still have players such as Robbie Avila coming around. Julian Larry, we hope to see him take a big step. We we know Avila's going to take that next step. We kind of already have the vision for it, but Julian Mm. Larry... With the defense that he already possesses, we want to see that really go on the <laughs> offensive end. Yeah, I mean, like, the strides that both of those dudes kind of have. Those are the two that you're going to really hope yeah. for Even, with, you know, some players coming back as well and players returning such as, like, Zach Cobbs and the rest. Yeah, exactly. I, even, like... Even like a Jason Kent, I could see, you know, him just getting yeah, into the gym he, off yeah. the offseason and just, you know, come back hooping. Because, first of all, he's already shredded. So, you know, he has some amazing arms. I need his arm day routine because, like, <laughs> dog. But still, like, I do feel like he has those tools to really be a super impactful player for Indiana State. And I think he does have that feeling that he's like, okay, this is going to be my time to shine next year as well. But like you said, both of those guys had strides. I mean, Robbie Avila, he – came into it like okay he might be the starter for this would be his Indiana team next State. year exactly and so like you know we have him and he made a bunch of strides I mean defensively it is the biggest mark for me because like in the beginning Robbie did not have like much defensive you know integrity to speak of but now you know especially in this tournament he kind of showed himself to be like okay I can hold my own against a lot of these better big men in the Missouri Valley Conference which is just fantastic for him and then Julian Larry he took a lot of strides I think you know one thing that is the you know biggest I would say just you know his own offensive confidence because I think he knows that he's able to, you know, score a lot more than what he did this year. I think it was just more since there's so many other, you know, more talented, more, you know, familiar offensive talents in Indiana State's roster that he kind of took the back seat a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, so I think he's going to take some strides, especially. And, you know, just kind of going forward, Indiana State is, especially with uh, Coach, he's – known for being a pretty solid recruiter. So I don't know what's going to be in store for the next freshman class, fresh, you know, you know, uh, grad transfer, the, you know, junior, senior riding the bench somewhere in the Midwest that, you know, <laughs> coach has some type of connection to that can really hoop. So he has a connection to everyone. Exactly. Exactly. So like, you know, who knows what we have in store, but I mean, I think the future is bright for Indiana state basketball. 
I know it is. I love to see what this team brings out next year in the third season of the Coach Shirts era. Unfortunately, didn't end the way they wanted, but Bradley will move on to take on Drake in the Missouri Valley Conference Championship game on Championship Sunday in downtown St. Louis. Joe, any more last thoughts before we get on out of here? Because this one was definitely a great trip and just being able to not only call the games all season long, call the games here mm. in St. Louis, but call the games with one of my brothers. I mean, it was truly an honor calling it with the best sports caller that Indiana State has ever known, WGIS, <laughs> the state of Indiana. You make me blush. Um, you know, it was just a fantastic time. You know, I'm just really honored by, like, WGIS and, like, the opportunities that they've given me. Uh, throughout my college career. I mean, I really did find a home with, you know, WZIS. And, you know, I'm just grateful that, you know, I found a bunch of, you know, friends and made lifelong memories and, you know, a lot of opportunities that a lot of people, uh, especially me coming from my own background, right. you know, don't get to have. And so, you know, I just I just really do enjoy that uh, part about WZIS, and I'm very, very, you know, a thousand times grateful for that and I think this was just a fantastic experience. I'm really blessed to be here. You know, shout out, shout out to Boss Man. Shout out to everybody else who, you know, made this trip happen and stuff. And I'm truly honored and grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to uh, WZIS. These opportunities mean the world to me. Blessed to see um, just everything coming at once. It's just been such a blast as of late. I went to NYC last weekend. Here I am this weekend in St. Louis. Who knows where I'll be next weekend? Hopefully I'll be in Terre Haute on my couch sleeping somewhere because <laughs> I need some rest. Yeah, exactly. I need a little bit of rest. So uh, thank you to the Z90.7 crew. Thank you to the boss man, like you mentioned. Thank you to everyone involved that I got closer to relationship-wise on a work-business relationship uh, from, you know, media in the athletic department to the coaches, to the players, being able to talk to them uh, pre-game, post-game, on-game, off-game, off-game days. So um, everything just all come together, and the future's bright for everyone involved, me and the team. Word, I agree, man. I'm excited to see what's in store for you, for WZIS, for Indiana State, and for all the other, you know, amazing people that I met in association with the station. Absolutely, Joe. Man, oh, this one hurts. It's tough. This one hurts. Tough pill. Tough pill. But, you know, it's got to be swallowed. Kobe Clark, Joe Moore, Here. signing off from St. Louis. Congratulations to Bradley. I hope Drake defeats you. Yeah, I hope <laughs> from an unbiased person, hey, I'm a fan at this point. Let's go, Drake. <laughs> Bulldogs. Go, Drake. You know the Bulldog was actually there tonight? Shut up. Yeah, we walked right by him. Like as soon, like he was up I'm in a chair there possible. recording the Drake Bulldog. Wow. He was in his little like sweater vest. <laughs> Just chilling. Don't yeah. know what's yeah, going on, on, but we here. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, no, but I know that's going to be an amazing game to watch mm. tomorrow. Bradley sure. and Drake, those two. Whoever wins, congratulations to both of you. Uh, they'll probably get a bid maybe to go in. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, so for sure. for, but for the final time, Indiana State will end the season 22-12. and 12. A tough one to really, you know, face with coming their way, but the future is looking oh so bright for the Sycamores. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Joseph Moore. Couldn't have asked for a better color commentator all season long. Mm -hmm. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to the team. Thank you to the staff. Thank you to all my great friends and amazing memories I've made along the way. I've been the Kobe Clark. Take care, everyone. And until next time, have a great, great night. Peace.